This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Hold True Tattoo Studios. The new studio is now open in Hamilton, and if you're interested in getting any tattoo work done or discussing any designs, please contact the chief artist, Brian Bell. You can find Hold True Tattoo Studios on Instagram and on Facebook, so if you're at all interested, please check them out. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing, brother? All right? How you doing? Not bad, pal. How are you? Good, man. Good. Th- thank you so much for doing this. I know you must be extremely busy at the moment. Oh, of course. Of course. Anything for a friend of Phillips. Do you know, it's it's so amazing, isn't it, that just the people that martial arts puts you in touch with and, and just how much your whole life sort of guess just improves by all of those relationships and interactions absolutely man absolutely it's cool to see uh, are you in florida at the moment yeah yeah i'm in florida at my uh, i just got an apartment out here so i'm i'm living out here been out here for a couple of days now perfect perfect and training at american top team yep fantastic fantastic yeah. uh, right guys let's give you an introduction cody so i think it's fair to say that i'm joined today by probably one of the hottest prospects in all of mixed martial arts at the moment. So I'm super excited that uh, we managed to get our diaries together and, and, and get you on. So Cody Law, current uh, featherweight, undefeated fighter for Bellator. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on and joining joining us. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. So uh, where to start? As a, I've got a list of sort of subjects that I want to to touch on with you, but since you're in Florida at the moment and you're training with American Top Team, let's let's start there. What a what a home to find for to develop your mixed martial arts skills. Yeah, man, it's amazing. I mean, even just uh, even just being back this week, I've gotten 16 sparring rounds in uh, since Monday, and eight of them have been with Marlon Marais and eight of them with George Mazadal. So it's it's like you get. I'm getting the best of both worlds, kind of, you know, a, a lighter guy and a heavier guy, and both unbelievably experienced fighters. So, I'm getting better. I've been here for a couple of days, and I've already gotten better. How? What What is it like for a younger uh, fighter like yourself? How How are you taken in by these sort of long-standing sort of professionals? How How did you fit into the, the gym? Do they look after you from day one? Is that the sort of atmosphere that's there? Yeah, man, they were, they've been really good to me right away. You know, I, <clears throat> going in, I didn't really know what to expect. You know, I've, I've never left really Pennsylvania or Pittsburgh martial arts. So I didn't know what the top tier fighters' attitudes were going to be like, whether they were going to be nice guys or whether they were going to be assholes, you know what I mean? Because they're, they're, they're big time fighters. You never know what people are going to be like. And I'm surprised by it. It seemed like the better the fighter, the, the nicer and friendlier they were. Yeah. So taking care of me from the beginning. I'm very, I'm happy to be here. Fantastic. Uh, right, so let's actually jump back a little bit, and uh, as I say, we will. We'll touch on lots of subjects today. But I was watching a, a small documentary on you today, actually through one of your sponsors, and you had mentioned as a young thirteen-year-old watching George Saint Pierre compete, and right at that moment, you said, "That's what I want to do." Uh, how 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 did that sort of work out? Like. I think we all watched mixed martial arts at one stage, but what 
what sparked you to say, no, that is actually what I'm going to do with the rest of my life? Um, I don't know. I mean, I was, I was just getting into wrestling at that time and I wasn't a super popular kid in school. Um, and so watching that, I was like, man, I seen all the people cheering for George and, and, uh, I was like, dude, this could be, this could be what like gets people to like me a little bit more maybe. And then it's, it all just kind of made sense as a young kid. I mean, that's what you're worried about. You're, worried about people liking you and being accepted and i was like wow everybody all these people are sharing i think george was fighting in in uh canada too at the time so it was just like overwhelming support for him and i was just like kind of inspired by it and, yeah. and i've continued george and followed george ever since like he's still probably you know the guy that i that i like the most in mma one of the questions that i often ask fighters is as a young chap 19, uh, 13 years of age that's what I'm going to do. And to follow that through, all through high school, college, so many things that can distract you off of that path. Yeah. Nightclubs, girls, you name it. But one of the things that Philip, uh, to anybody that's listening, Cody and I are, are talking about Philip Amiris, a good friend of both of ours who's, who's, who's been on the podcast as well. He always, when we're chatting about you, he always talks about, how focused and single-minded you are uh, just for, for that goal that, that, that you want to achieve. I think he actually said that he's never seen anybody just quite as focused on the goal. So from a 13-year-old to now, you've never, that that's always been the, the road that you were, you were going to be on. Yeah, I've always been kind of like an obsessive, single, singularly focused kind of person. I think... Uh, I mean, even as like a young kid, like when I, I was very bad at wrestling when I started and I would just, you can ask my mom, like, it's kind of like a funny story now, but I would sit all night after school on the computer, looking up old wrestling brackets and who beat who and watching matches. And I was just obsessed with the rankings and, and it was just always, I don't know. I just never really, there was nothing that could make me stray, you know, and, uh, going wrestling and then in high school and then college and always, I just felt always, this was, this was all I wanted to do. A real job was never for me. And, uh, and once I say I'm going to do something, I just feel like I'm obligated. I have to, I have to do it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Do you know, you mentioned there about being maybe not the most popular kid in school. And again, we've already, we've already mentioned George St. Pierre and, and he was the same, uh, yeah. suffered from bullying and stuff. Obviously there's people at all ages listening to this podcast. So I'm sitting here with, as I say, one of the, most talented, hottest prospects in all of mixed martial arts. You've got a really important message to give straight away there is that even if you feel that you're unpopular or you're, you know, you might not have a lot of friends at school, you can get out of that. How did you use wrestling and martial arts to do that? Um, I don't know. I didn't think too much. Obviously, I didn't use martial arts because by the time I got to martial arts, I was already, I was okay. You know, people like me. But with <laughs> uh. I don't know, man. I guess maybe I just earned respect. And, and by the time I was, I was more accepted um, by my peers, we were getting older too, you know, 16, 17, 18, people are growing up. There's, I mean, bullying is normal. It happens everywhere. For, for, it will always happen. You know what I mean? There's always going to be a, a, a hierarchy in, in, amongst kids. And those kids, you know, they grew up and, you know, so if, to any kid that's, that's getting bullied, I mean, it's normal. And they'll grow up and usually the bullies are the ones who – don't quite make it as far. And the ones who are bullied usually are inspired to, to climb to the top and, and have a meaningful life. Yeah. 
So uh, let's talk about wrestling then, because you say, I, I want to speak about later on a wee bit in the show about your recent training, striking, as I say, through Taekwondo, which I'm really interested in chatting about. Uh, and obviously we've just seen the Taekwondo in the Olympics and I, I'm the exact same as, 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 as Philip and most of the guys involved in Grandmaster Cho's style of saying, it's not just Taekwondo, it's Cho's Taekwondo. And again, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later on. Because uh, I know you've been doing, you try to really improve in that aspect of your game as well. But uh, tell me a wee bit about your, your wrestling career. I, I, I don't think people really understand just how hard wrestlers work, even high school kids and college. Yeah. What, how did that change you from being this young sort of, 13 year old, how did it help you with your confidence, your fitness, and et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I feel like I I worked harder than I was probably supposed to. Like, that was probably good for me, you know, because, like, scientifically or whatever. Uh, like, I would get up, go to school, and then we'd do high school practice. As soon as high school practice was over, we'd hop in the car and drive to Young Guns, which was our club practice, which was just the best of the best. You know, it's still the number one club in the world, probably. Okay. or. America and uh <clears throat> and so we would just do that like multiple days a week every day we'd have wrestling practice but three days a week we do high school practice or junior high practice right into young guns no break like the break was the drive which is very hard like and, or if not if there was no young guns it was high school practice drive to the gym and lift and I didn't even know anything else and I was so obsessed and I wanted to be good so bad that it was like it wasn't like hard work you know it was like this is what I this is what I want to do I have to do this you know yeah. um but it's extremely hard. And now that I'm getting older and I understand a lot more, I realize you know, how hard it was. But it was worth it. It made me who I am. Now nothing, is, nothing seems as hard, you know? Do you think wrestling was... We, we don't have wrestling as such here in the UK. This, this, is, this is the thing. We have... But you know, there's a number of... See, since mixed martial arts got more popular, uh, perhaps wrestling's getting a little more popular, but... Yeah. Compared to the states, obviously it's it's a non-event over here. Uh, yeah. Soccer and obviously taekwondo and martial arts and rugby and things like that. But just how how much did wrestling such a difficult sport and how hard you train? How much did that build your character? How much did that set you up for this career that you're embarking on at the moment? Yeah, I think I think my character is like kind of a little bit something I'm born with, you know, because uh, I've always been like this. But I definitely I was surrounded by just like amazing role models, you know, people that told me to get good grades and, to, you know, don't don't go out partying and don't do stupid shit and, you know, work hard. The, the strip matter brothers and then Jake Strayer, my high school coach and then my college coaches, and my, my coach, Pecora, my my the guy I graduated with for UPJ, Pitt Johnstown. I mean, he's like my, like my father, you know, and, and these are all men of like strong character with good values that are hardworking, you know? And, and so when you're around people like that, you become that way, you know, that's why you surround yourself with, with good people. So yeah, it definitely made me who I am, you know? And just look at a quick uh, read through your record as well. And again, I come, obviously I come from the UK and, it's difficult sometimes to to follow how the actual competition of wrestling works, but yeah. a very very successful wrestling career as well. Your record was excellent. Yeah, 
records are kind of weird in wrestling, you know. I mean, everybody kind of loses except for maybe like one yeah. guy, one undefeated uh, Division One champion ever was Kale Sanderson. Yep. But uh, throughout, I mean, my record is I don't know what my record was because there's just so many matches. I mean, I, I would wrestle 100 matches a summer, you know. So it's like who knows what my my, my real record was, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Well, from from uh, someone like myself from the outside. It looked very impressive when I was reading through whatever the stuff I could find on online. Uh, right, so you get through college. Most of your, most of your combat experiences in wrestling. Yeah. You had this dream from being thirteen years of age to be a fighter. Yeah. How did that happen? How did you take? How did you take steps to say I'm actually going to be a mixed martial artist now? Uh, well, there was always like a plan in place, I guess, at least mentally, you know, I, I don't know. I like the, I like the whole philosophy of like, you don't have to know, uh, you just have to know where you want to be. You don't have to know how, you, how you're going to get there. You know, you just got to know the end destination. So always I knew, and it just, I never tried to force it one way. It just, I knew I want to be world champion MMA fighter, best ever. And I just let it happen how it happens. And it happened to be, you know, I transferred to UPJ and Isaac Greeley, if you know Isaac Greeley, he's a UPJ alum national runner-up and runs a jiu-jitsu and MMA gym. And uh, I got to know Isaac, which was like, you know, a blessing. And uh, the night that I won nationals, I had a text from Isaac uh, about an hour after saying like, hey, ready to train this week if you're, if you're down or something like that, you know. And so I was there the week that I won nationals. I was at uh, New Ken and at his gym, and we just started rolling from there. And then everything just kind of fell into – like I tell people all the time, like my mom and my girlfriend and stuff, how lucky I've gotten because – I fell into the hands of like my three three main coaches in in Pittsburgh when I started, are still really close to me. Still guys I work with when I go home, and they all ended up being like the best coaches I think I could have gotten in Pittsburgh. You know, with Isaac, Philip, and Matt Layshock, my boxing coach. I mean, yeah. it just worked out. I didn't have a plan; it just worked out so well. You know, just when you say that about going going back home, uh, it's really admirable to see. I've, I've, I've noticed this particularly about yourself and other fighters that you seem, it seems as if it's very easy transition for you to go between your working, your gym at, at home in Pittsburgh and then back down to Florida to train at and which is obviously world-renowned. It's probably, people would rank that as probably the top mixed martial arts gym in the world. Yeah, it's number one for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, uh, you'd be hard pushed to find someone who would argue against that. Uh, yeah. That's a really lucky position that you're in to have so much access and on on two gyms and not just yeah. have to be stuck to to one. Is that a benefit? Obviously, it's a benefit. But yeah, no, it's due to. So I mean, all the time I sit back and I mean, I wonder like, how did this happen for me? Like. Obviously, I know it happened. I was thinking earlier today because I was thinking about my life and where I'm at right now. And I, I always start to say I, I could never have imagined. But then I, I stopped myself because I, I did imagine. Like, yeah. I fantasized about all of this happening. And now it's happening, you know. And it's obviously, like you said, it's an unbelievable benefit. Train out here in Florida, you know, as much as I want. Go to fight in Bellator. Get a fight done. Fly back to Pennsylvania. And I don't have to feel like, oh, my, I can only stay home for a few days before getting back there. I can stay home with my family and my girlfriend and enjoy myself because I can get good training back there. I can go grapple. Nobody pushes me harder than Isaac in jiu-jitsu, you know. Yeah. Um, Phillip's, Philip and Matt are, are, are amazing. 
and I get to lift a little bit more when I'm home. So it's just, it's the best of both worlds for me. Brilliant. Uh, right. This visualization, which we've kind of touched on a wee bit, this is something that I really wanted to jump in pretty quickly with because I've got a good few questions about this. Uh, yeah. When Philip was on the podcast, we were you you came up and he was talking about being in on the road to a, to a fight with you. And again, correct me if I get this slightly wrong, but I believe you had written on one of the little envelopes in the hotel room the prediction for the fight, and that yep. got, and then obviously it came true. Uh, yeah, I I think this is where a lot of people lack sometimes you clearly don't they lack the ability or they lack or they just don't do it enough of actually visualizing where they want to go when they're going to get there how they're going to do it but that seems to be something that you're really good at so help me explain or help me understand rather how you go about that what's the the mindset for visualizing all of these goals and then achieving them Oh, man, it's almost like, you know, you hear a lot about how little kids haven't figured it out, right? Like they sit the right way, they squat, and they play, and they don't need phones, and they have imaginations. And so I, it's kind of like that. Like I kind of just let my imagination go. And obviously I have to be focused sometimes and really focus in on how do I want the fight to go. And But I never, I never try to guide it in one direction. Like I never say in my head, I never only visualize one route to victory. You know, it's a lot of different routes, but – you know, I'll write things down. Like before this past fight with, with Makuka, I wrote down again, you know, I think one minute and 10 or something like that. Uh, law, KO, Makuka, as if it would be in a statistical like record book, you know. Yep. And then I just look at it a bunch. Like I look at it, I look away, and I look at it again as if I'm reading it like it already happens. You know what I mean? It just kind of puts it in there. And I don't know, man. That Between that and like the lifestyle things, I always imagine having like a car and, and my own place and watch I like watches and just all these different things and they're slowly starting to to happen and so it just it just kind of reaffirms to me that this is this is real and it's working and I, I need to stay on it you know you think that goes back again and I'm harping on here I know does that go back to the wrestling days of being mentally yeah. strong but having yeah. that I think so many people nowadays they they, they start or I see this as a, as a martial arts instructor people starting on a goal and then I know they have more potential. I know it. But then they drift off. You ain't going to get to where you got to by drifting off. It has to be that that straight line, surely, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sorry, can you hear that? My, my phone's dinging. That's okay. That's all right. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like there's nothing else that really interests me, you know. I mean, maybe for a night, you know, it's nice to go out and have some drinks with, with people for a night or whatever. And don't get me wrong, I, I do have drinks. Um, yeah. But I don't go out. I don't really like the party, you know. Like, it doesn't really interest me to, like, be up till 3 a.m. feeling like, you know, a zombie the next day. Don't, I've done it, you know. So you learn that you don't like it. And this is more This is more, uh, more my, my speed and – you know, I learned a lot of visualization through wrestling at Penn State. We learned a lot. when I was my time at Penn State, I learned a lot of important stuff, you know, about writing and drawing and, you know, visualizing the outcomes and what you want in your life. And, and now it's just part of who I am. I even pull up YouTube videos over coffee in the morning and watch exp videos of expensive cars or, or houses that I would like to have. Or I watch Canelo box and I've 
visualize like that's like my own visualization of me being able to box as well as Canelo in yeah. an MMA fight. It's twenty four seven, you know. I think I think it has to be, uh, and I think that's why people like yourself or anybody who becomes a professional fighter, a successful professional fighter, especially, it, it has to be your singular focus. Uh, yeah. You know what's interesting? You said this at the very beginning of the episode about the the more high the more high up the rankings are how famous these fighters are, the nicer they, they sort of seem to be. Uh, yeah. That interested me because fighters often get a reputation of being selfish almost, completely tunnel vision. Uh, but that's not always the case. And again, just even chatting with you for what we've only been chatting 15 minutes, yeah, I love how you can be so focused, but yet be a brilliant guy. Uh, that's, I guess, that's a compliment, but it must be difficult to maintain that. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's, everybody at the top is a selfish to some degree, right? It's kind of hard to get to the top while giving everything to everybody. Like you have to, there, there's at least moments you have to be at least uh, situationally selfish, right? There are times where you have to say, no, I can't do that. Like I have to do, I have to focus on me, right? When you're getting ready for a fight or. You have to tell people, oh, I can't, I can't do that. I got to do what's best for me. And, and that's difficult. It's not easy. Um, but I think that maybe there's a trap you can fall into by, by believing oh, I have to be selfish all the time because you miss out on good opportunities. You know, um, you know, Marlon is getting ready for a fight. He helped me spar my last camp. And now this, you know, now I'm back and I'm helping him, you know, and I, I guess being selfish would be to be like, no, I, I want to do my own thing. But, uh, Really, I'm, I'm also being selfish, though, because I'm like, of course I'll go with you. You're making me, you know what I mean? And I like help them, but, uh, you know, we're all a little bit selfish, right? Because in my head, I'm thinking I'm getting better from this, too, you know? Yeah. So who are you getting access to train with and interact with regularly then uh, at at t There'll be people who listen to this who will be sort of general armchair mixed martial arts fans but won't actually know where fighters are at with specific gyms. So who's at American top team in Florida at the moment? I know you've mentioned uh, a couple already, but. <clears throat> well, I mean, if we're just going to go like, name-wise, you know, the, obviously the George and Marlin, Pedro Munoz is there, Dustin Poirier is there, Kyojo Horiguchi is there. Um, just just around my way, Mavsar, uh, I don't know how to say his last name, Evlyov, the Russian at 145, he's great, uh, undefeated. Uh, Yaroslav Amosov, uh Bellator champion now. I mean, the list goes on and on. Johnny Evelyn, Dalton Rasta. Uh, I don't know. It's hard for me to think, but there's just so many guys every day you get used to seeing. Yeah. How was uh, – just to very quickly come away from yourself, just when you mentioned Poirier there, how, how has that been over the last year with these two McGregor fights and the two wins? And that must have been a, a crazy camp to be involved in as well. Uh yeah, I mean, it just, it's not, it's like a normal camp, you know, the craziest part was like the media stuff, whenever they would come in and they would deck the gym out for like a promo for him, it was, it was pretty cool, yeah. but uh, business as usual, I, I feel like, you know, he's training the same no matter what, but big, you know, amazing, right, amazing. Yeah, totally amazing, and this, this is the thing that I wanted to ask you about Dustin Potty actually as well, for someone who's beside him and training beside him, Yeah. I, I still, this might be a European thing. I still don't think that man gets the credit for what he's done twice now. 
No, I mean he's 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 shown that he's a better fighter. Like he's a better fighter than Conor McGregor now. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No, these aren't fluke wins. Like he's a better fighter. And the run he's on, the, the list of people that he's beaten, it's unbelievable. I really believe he's gonna beat Oliveira and become a champion and it'll be like a storybook career. I mean, if you wanted to call it after beating Oliveira, it would be a storybook ending to a career, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, something else. Okay, yeah. so Let's move on a wee bit from uh, the wrestling aspect of your uh, repertoire, I guess, and tell us a wee bit about the different things that you've 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 added to that. I think uh, I think most fighters nowadays. This is where you might be a little different again. A lot of fighters are they're learning all the arts from a very young age, whereas you came again from a very specific wrestling background and now you're finding that you're wanting to be adding things in. Yeah. So what are you finding you need to add in and, and how are you going about that? I mean, I need to add, I don't know that I need to add anything. I just have to get better at everything, you know, yeah, yeah. even get better. I mean, even, uh, there's great wrestlers now and MMA wrestling is not college wrestling. You know, there's, there's, there's a cage, there's punches and kicks and knees and different setups. So I'm just getting better at everything. But I, obviously, I I love Taekwondo. Like, you know, the Ameris or Cho's uh, style of Taekwondo I love, you know, and uh, boxing. I love watching boxing. It's, it's one of my favorite things to practice. But, again, everything. Jiu-Jitsu needs to get better. The thing I'm working the most on right now, I guess maybe subconsciously, is, is my distance, checking calf kicks, throwing calf kicks, being just out of range, you know, I'm still, I'm still, and I'm thinking I'm getting pretty good at it, but it's not something someone can say, Hey, do this. And you do it. Yeah. You have to just around. And eventually over time here, I'm starting to learn if I'm here versus here, I'm safe, but I can still land, you know, it's just it's a lot, but I'm learning. So the, the striking aspects that you've been doing is obviously the boxing and then, uh, training with, with, with Philip Ramirez Jr. Tell us a wee bit about, about the actual training, just as technical as you like, uh, what you're actually working with, Philip on, where do you think you're getting better there? How's that improved your game? Um, well, we have secrets. We can't tell everybody. Of course, of course, of yeah. course. Just, yeah, but I'm, just generally, just all kinds of stuff. Just adding, adding to the things we already have. You know, we have this kick. Now we have this. And we're going to add this to the end of it, or we're going to disguise it as if we're doing this. And now we're doing this, you know, we're just getting layers where at first we together, it was just learning how to move and throw a kick and defend kicks. And now we're, we're able to, hopefully it's more fun for him too. You know, we're get, get into the more fun stuff. Yeah. And boxing, where do you do your boxing training? Uh, in Pittsburgh, I do it with Matt Layshock. It's yeah. uh, called Southside Boxing. And is that something that you are, that you brought to the game later, I would, I think. No, it's the first thing I did actually. Like I, well, when I when I started MMA, because I only wrestled, uh, also I only wrestled. I never did any MMA training until I finished college, and then I started with Isaac, and then I met Matt kind of through Isaac, and then I didn't start boxing right away. Like Nationals was in March, started MMA in March. I probably started boxing with Matt maybe May or June. So I've been with Matt for. About three years now. Okay. So let's move on again. And you're 4-0 now with, with Bellator. What was it? 
what was it like going from just starting to then getting signed by one of the biggest fight organizations in the world? And then what a, what an amazing start you've obviously had as well. So tell us a wee bit about how a young fighter gets signed first of all and what your first experiences were like over the first couple of matches, for example. Yeah, it was <clears throat> it was just kind of like a unexpected sort of scenario. You know, I was where well, our plan was to fight the the regional scene or whatever, and then get signed maybe to you know the UFC or something like that. And and then I was watching Bellator one night. I hadn't had any fights. I think I was offered maybe a fight in Mexico or something for my pro debut for maybe a thousand dollars, like or maybe even less. <laughs> you know, how it wasn't. Uh, and I was watching Bellator one night against some 145-pounders, and I was thinking, like, I can beat these guys. And so I texted, like, you know, my coaches and my management was like, what if, I, what if we tried to fight in Bellator, you know? And, and uh, they were like, yeah, let's, let's see, if, see what they think. And, and they were interested. And, and I was like, holy shit, this is happening. You know, I'm going to fight in Bellator for my first fight ever. And yeah. first pro fight. It was yeah. super exciting honored like i love that that's my first my professional debut and all my fights have been in bellator and since being there man i love it i love it i want to stay with them there they've been awesome i'm having a good time you know four now and it's good man it's been good obviously you don't have that comparison uh you may never have the comparison uh but bellator have a reputation of of, of perhaps looking after fighters better. So you've found that, that you've, you're really happy there and, and you're being yeah. looked after as, as a fighter. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they're looking after me. Man, they're, they've been really good to me. I, I'm laughing here because, and again, I don't have a huge amount of experience in that scene, but surely it can't be very often that a fighter with no professional fights walk straight into, as I say, one of the biggest fighting organizations professionally in the world. You must, you must be one of the only ones who's done that, surely. Yeah, I, th I think so. There's a few, I think. I think Pico and McKee both got signed yeah. as uh, O&Os. I don't know who else. I'm sure there's a few others, but, but I, like, I like being one of the only ones, you know. I'm setting out. That's what my career to be about, being one of the only people to do things, you know, the only one to do things. What is your career going to be about? What 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 what's the goal? What 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 sort of career do you want to have? Again, it's getting back to this specialization. Where do you see yourself in like five, ten years? Because I I I know even just from talking to you today uh, that you've been thinking about this. Every fighter must think about it. But what's your career yeah. going to look like? Well, the goal is to be the best fighter ever, pound for pound, number one uh, of all time, and I believe I will. I don't think. I think I will because uh, I know I will because I have that belief and I, I visualize it so much. But uh, I don't think you hear other people say that. I think maybe there's only a select few people that you'll ask and they'll say that, you know, I, which makes it easy. You know, I'm one of the only people thinking that way. So yep. ahead, you know, but that's what I, that's what I'm doing this for. I'm not doing this to be one time world champion and be able to look back and be I was a world champion. You know, that's good. I want to be world champion, but I need to be the best ever. And who do you draw inspiration from? Uh, see, I'm sitting here chatting to you today and people that you excite me. I love people who right from the very beginning have just a special outlook. Just this, I won't call it a dream because you have plans and you have a name to, you know what you're doing here. 
but just a single-minded drive. So who do you look to for who inspires that and future, eh, sorry, eh, past champions or even boxers or martial artists or anybody? Yeah, you know, I brought him up a few times. Canelo inspires me a lot. You know, he's, he's my favorite boxer. And just when I look at his, I, I listen to some interviews and I watch how he carries himself and he just, he has it all, right? He could retire 20 times over. He's got all the money, got all the accomplishments, but he just keeps shooting for more. He keeps taking more risks. Now he just got announced he's going to fight Caleb Plant in November. Yep. All four pound belts on the line. But his outlook seems like it's not about any anything else but just legacy and and shooting higher and shooting higher. And that that really inspires me, you know. And he, he doesn't act like an asshole. He carries himself really well. And uh, Same with GSP, you know. Habib, th those guys, like the way Habib finished out, you know, is, is really inspiring to me. Yeah. Omar kind of finished a career looking like he was uh, invincible, you know, yeah. which which never happens, right? And that's that's the kind of stuff I want. I want to finish a career and everyone to go, how could we ever beat this guy, you know? I think this... I think what I'm going to bring up now maybe comes from the my history in, in, in traditional Taekwondo, but the, the guys you're mentioning at the moment, GSP, Habib, uh, uh, Canelo, do you think as a young fighter you'll ever be pressured to, or, or is there pressure to come away from that good guy role to be the smack talker and this and that to, 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 to generate fights. Are we still in a place where you can have a GSP nowadays or are they, are those days gone? Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're gone. I think that, uh, I think as long as it's natural, it's good. You know what I mean? Like if there's a, if there's a time where that's who I, who I am, I don't right. think I'll ever be a bad guy, but if there's a time where there's animosity or whatever, and that's just, it's natural. I'm okay with that. It's yeah. whenever I'm, somebody that I'm not and I don't think I'm going to be certain guys that have a style where they the only way they're going to be uh relevant in the 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 organization's eyes really uh is if they draw headlines and do a lot of controversial stuff I don't think I, I think my style was going to be much more exciting and, and bring more eyes and I think that we still have that available to us because if you look at Habib he made a lot of money right he was getting big paydays multi-million dollar paydays uh, and he was Oh, he was the good guy, right? George made a boatload of money. Canelo's making unbelievable amounts of money, and you don't hear a word from him. You know what I mean? He's he doesn't even speak English. You know, I mean, he speaks a little bit, but like, yeah. not out there fluently talking shit to people. You know, so I still uh, possible. Yeah, I think Canelo doesn't speak English the same way back in the day. Anderson Silva, eh, Silva didn't yeah. speak English, but I'm sure yeah. he really does speak quite good English. Uh, he died. To him, and when, when people talk to him in English, he responds, Yeah, like understands English. But you know, whenever you're as good as him, you can speak whatever language you want, right? Yeah, uh, you mentioned again Canelo getting back to this upcoming fight, and Rogan was Joe Rogan was actually talking about this on his podcast yesterday about the difference between boxing and mixed martial arts. And th this, this question has just popped into my head. This is quite an interesting question, I hope, for you. But So Canelo is fighting for the four belts, or, or they're, they're fighting over the four belts, four different organisation belts. Will that ever happen in mixed martial arts? Will you be happy to be yeah. the Bellator champion as opposed to being the, the overall 
mixed martial arts champion. Will that ever happen, do you think? Or where do you stand on, on that? In my head, it's happening. So I think it'll happen. Okay. That's what I think would uh, solidify me, right, as, as the best fighter of all time. If I was able to go on and win the Bellator, win the Rise, and win the UFC, like have more belts than anyone's ever had in different organizations, you know, because that's always the question is like, okay, well, you were the best, but you didn't fight this whole group of guys, you know. Hopefully yeah. someday the reality and we get more of that. Okay. Uh, I've got some quick fire fun questions for you as well, uh, which I, I've not done for a good while on the podcast, actually. I think the last – I had Mark Weir, uh, really sort of famous British – MMA fighter from back in the day, who was also a Taekwondo black belt. Uh, and I think he was the last person that I'd done this with. So let's have a bit of fun with us. Uh, Favourite five mixed martial artists of all time for you? Man. If you need more than five, that's fine. We've got lots of time. So I don't know. As I get older, I have less, I'm less of a fan. I just like to study. GSP was let's just go with growing up when I was young GSP was was one of my favorites Anderson Silva was one of my favorites I thought it was about to fall Um, who else who else did I like man GSP and Anderson Silva were like the two guys when I was growing up that I was like I want to be like these guys you know now I have less less of favorites yeah well do you know that that that's that's a good a good point that you've raised there and a good question uh, and again without giving any of your secrets away who do you look to today then That's the, who do you study today it could be recently retired fighters like Hubby yeah. or or any of these sort of guys but who okay let me ask it this way if there was a young martial artist listening or watching here who would you advise them to watch I mean I would advise them to pick 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 from different guys for what you're looking for, right? So I watch Habib because I want to see how does he cover the distance for his takedowns? How does he stay on top of guys? I watch GSP because I feel like he was ahead of his time, so he would still be applicable to today, you know, with his the way George would uh, dictate where the fight goes, right? If he's fighting a great striker, he's going to jab, jab, take him down. If he's fighting a great, great jiu-jitsu guy, he's going to jab and, and inside low kick, inside high kick from the open for five rounds. Yeah. And just be you know, I like watching Dillashaw for his footwork, Demetrius Johnson for his footwork and, and stance switching, Adesanya for the way he, he feints his kicks and all the little traps he, he sets. Uh, dude, I watch everybody, man. Everybody has their own their own uh, thing that they're good at that you can take away from. So I would say watch everybody. I think uh, I think as as martial artists, you. You generally have that passion just to watch everything. Like if you said, look, I'm on if I'm not on YouTube, I'm reading a magazine about it, or if I'm not reading a magazine, I'm yeah, reading a book or watching old videos or or whatever it is. Uh what about top boxers? Top boxers. Canelo, Triple G, Lomachenko. The boxers are easier for me. Yes. Canelo, Triple G, Lomachenko. I love watching Floyd, even though people complain about his style. Yeah, it's unbelievable. the things he's he's done. You can't. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, those guys. Um, I like watching Andre Ward. Yeah, that's from yeah. look. I've been watching Ward. Um, man, who else? 
I've been interested in Tiafimo Lopez lately. Mm-hmm. He's pretty good. Terrence Crawford, because he switches stances and fights just as well from both. I think that's, that's pretty interesting to watch. But Canelo definitely is number one for me. I watch him, like, almost every day, probably. This is something that I've actually been talking to Philip about recently as well, uh, for quite a number of months. Do you think that, and again, this is coming from a fighter's point of view, do you think there, there is a disparity in some ways between MMA fighters' pay to start with and boxers' pay, but the work's just the same, if not even more. Why? Why? How long will it take for MMA to have the same public crossover as boxing does? Do you think we're on the way to that, or have we still got a fair bit to go? Or yeah, I think the way I think the the problem would be like that. Boxing has the Ali Act, right? So they can they're not as monopolized or locked in as as MMA fighters, where you know yeah. you're stuck to stuck to one contract, you can be kind of blackballed, right? Like if you don't want to fight a certain guy or you want more money, they can say, okay, well, you're just not going to fight and you're stuck with us and we're not going to give you any fights. And I don't know. I, I saw a statistic came out just recently. I'm sure you've seen it. The, uh, the revenue shares, the split breakdown between the organization and the fighters for athletes. And it was like NFL, NBA, NBL, MLB. We're all like 50%. Bellator was like 48. Which is pretty, yeah. pretty good. Know, and the UFC was like 14% or something, which is crazy. That's that's the problem, but there's nothing we can we can do about it right now. And I haven't obviously thought too much about that because in my head, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make the money I want to make. So, Okay. Uh, another one of the, the short sort of fun questions. If sure. you fought any fighter from the past, you can pick more than one. Which fighters would you have chose? To fight? You fight from the past, yeah. Any any weight class? Any weight class at all. Yeah, anything at all. Man, I keep saying the same people, but I would have liked to have fought GSP. Yeah. Because uh, it's just like a really cool cool puzzle, you know? Yeah. GSP. And Habib would be, would be interesting too, because I want to know what that feels like. You know, I want to see what that's like. I think, uh, again, it's so interesting. It's so interesting speaking to a fighter because you, I've got things in my head, terms in my head, and then you've said them. And that's that's so interesting. Like, how, 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 what does it feel like to fight him? Because most people, when, when he was active, were saying that they just didn't get it, even until they were, you know, until they were in the cage and then he put their, his hands on them and then they yeah. actually... They actually done that. How do you get round about that? Not just about Khabib, Khabib for MD, you fight in the future. That's a big part of the fight game. Not You don't actually experience it until the cage is shut and the fight has started. So you must have to stay on your toes. You must have to have plan B or plan C all the way down to plan Z, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just think you're mentally you're prepared for, for anything, right? But... Uh... I don't know. I think it's all up here, you know, toughness. Things go wrong. How do you react? You know, all, all, he's he's way stronger than you thought. He's way better control. Do you, do you break or, or do you uh, scramble a little bit harder to get to your feet? Do you give that extra little bit, you know, do you step up? I think for me, you know, I don't have plan A through Z. I'm just, I'm just scrapping, you know. 
Yeah. So, personally, for your next couple of objectives, we've done a lot of sort of chatting about long term, but what's over the next year or so for you, Cody? What's 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 your plans? Of, uh, obviously, moving up to fight the sort of top tier guys in your division. When's yeah. that going to happen? How quickly do you want to push on, or do you need another couple of fights? before you go for that or where, where are you right now yeah definitely one more I, th I think this next one for sure you know i just listen to my coaches you know mike brown knows best he's seen it all done it all so whatever he tells me to do i'm doing um but i think in the next year here it's gonna be things are gonna blow up you know get a new contract get paid more play better guys and uh step up you know I, i'm looking forward to when it's time to step up to the better guys because i think i'm gonna look even better Obviously, I'm going to continue to improve because I'm in the gym with the best guys in the world. Yep. But I've always felt like when I when I compete against better people, I I compete better. I think, I think chatting. I think I think this is quite a this is probably quite a grand thing I'm going to say here, but I think mixed martial arts, maybe just combat professional combat sports, need more guys like you. I think we need more. And I think we, we need we still need more positivity. We need more focus. Uh, we need work ethic. Just all the things that that you seem to be bringing bringing to the picture. I, I, I've got no doubt that very quickly we'll, we'll, we'll see you fighting for fighting for that that Bellator title. Uh, then 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 what 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 happens? But when you You've won the, the Bellator title. I know it's difficult to say at this stage, but and you mentioned it earlier on in the podcast. Would you be then looking to move on and win the next one, and move on and win the next one and the next one? That 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 sounds like the ultimate goal for you. Yeah, I mean, I have I have plans, but for now, we'll just keep it at right now. Let's win the Bellator belt, maybe win a second Bellator belt, and Bellator cooperates with other organizations. You know, they quit with Ryzen. I mean, Kyoji was Ryzen and Bellator champion. They let their guys go back and forth. Oh, sorry. That's okay. So, can you still see me? Yep, perfect. You're back. That's fine. Some people oh. calling me. But, uh, oh, but yeah, I'll deal with that for now. You know what I mean? And, and go from there. But I have, a, I have a master plan, I think. Yep. Well, listen, Cody, that's been amazing. Uh, just, just one last thing. I, I, and I think you're probably one of the guys to ask this. I often ask people, uh, and it puts people on the spot, so, so take as long as you need. I often ask people just about a sort of positive message to close on. And again, I haven't done this for a number of episodes, but I, I, I just love how you're really making something of your life as positively as you want it to be. So for MD sort of, trying to start out in mixed martial arts for anybody interested in taking up martial arts or becoming a fighter. Uh, what's the message to those people? Man, I think uh, don't take no for an answer, you know, whether no be, whether no is like someone telling you you can't do it or whether no is you failing, whatever it is, don't take it for an answer. You know, all of my life people have been telling me, I say this is my goal, and they say maybe you should just aim for here. Like I don't, you sh you're not gonna make it that far. You know, you, you you can't be this good. You need to get a real job. I had people laugh at me when I told them I was gonna be a fighter. Even as a senior in college, I told people 
after this, I'm going to go and make a lot of money and be a professional fighter. And they were like, what are you really going to do? You know? So don't take no for an answer. Just if you really want it, man, be obsessive and it, and it can happen. Perfect. Okay. Cody Law, listen, thank you. Uh, as I say, just a brilliant guy for the beginning to the end of this process. I'm hoping one day to be in Pittsburgh when you're there so we can meet yeah. in person. Uh, but listen, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. As I say, you've took time out your day training today. Uh, I can't thank you enough for it. So, yep, thank you so much for coming on to Marshall Focus. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. It's been This has been good. Cheers. Brilliant. Okay, take care. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, man. Okay, God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye.